Come heavy or don't come at all You leave your peace at home, that's your call It never paid to be merciful Come heavy or don't come at all Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Hitter Sports Betting Podcast, MMA edition. This is the UFC 262 Oliveira versus Chandler episode of the podcast, um, where we will be breaking down a few fights on this card in terms of betting. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. Past few cards, you know what? There's been no podcast simply because the past few cards have sucked. There's no way to... Uh, get around it um, no way to sugarcoat it yeah no way to sugarcoat realistically we would have been getting on here and discussing maybe one or two fights um but and i didn't even really have much to say um last weekend there was a good boxing match between canelo alvarez against uh, billy joe saunders um we don't talk about boxing here a lot but you know what i do like to dabble in a little bit of boxing the problem with betting canelo alvarez is that he's a massive favorite whenever he comes into these fights and you, there's just there's no point of placing a bet on somebody who's say a 1.04 or a 1.9 or 1.09 i should say uh, it just makes no sense and, and there are some fights where you can't even bet canelo alvarez because vegas just doesn't even allow or accept any bets on him too big of a favorite exactly canelo alvarez wins in the eighth round uh tko uh, billy joe saunders uh sits down in his corner and is unable to continue after he suffers a broken orbital bone um you know what he looked good early on in, in the fight but canelo alvarez proves why he's likely the best boxer right now um yeah it's great to see his streak continue um excited for what his next matchup is but Let's turn our attention to UFC 262 this weekend. Uh, we've got three fights to talk about. In the main event, we've got Charles Oliveira taking on Michael Chandler. Tony Ferguson will be taking on Ben and Deal, Dariush in the co-main event. And the other fight that I would like to touch on, it is on the main card. It is the second fight from the start of the card. It is Shane Burgos who will be taking on Edson Barboza. Um, yeah, Stapes, let's just fucking get Where straight Where are we going to the start action. here tonight, T-Man? Let's hey. start with Shane Burgos, Edson Barbosa. Yeah, perfect. You know what? I'm cool with that. Shane Burgos, we last saw him fight back in Volkov uh, versus Blades. He fought Josh Emmett, and Josh, he came in as a pretty decent favorite. Josh Emmett, a nice slight underdog. I ended up betting Josh Emmett that night. Sure enough, Josh Emmett comes through. Shane Burgos is the type of guy who comes forward with volume, and you know what? Volume and aggression is the key to victory over Edson Barboza. So you know what? Um, Shane Burgos, if you're going to take somebody, it's going to be him. Uh, Edson Barboza, this will be his third fight at featherweight. His first fight, obviously, was against Dan Ige, a fight that, to be completely honest, I did not believe he he lost. Um, Dan Ige came through in a very close split decision. Uh, his second fight was against Maquan Armir Kani, which you know what? It took me a second to remember that fight even occurred, but it was just a matter of Edson Barboza had too much athleticism. Athleticism for Marquan. Marquan, a guy who likes to use a lot of grappling, but really just does not have the athletic prowess to take his opponents down at will. Um, if there's one thing Edson Barboza is, it's athletic. He's explosive. Uh, if you really can't match his athleticism and you're not going to beat him to the punch, uh, you're going to ha have a long night against Edson Barboza. So here's the thing. Shane Burgos is going to be able to meet, maybe not his athleticism, but he's going to meet him with aggression and volume. And you know what? For everybody who's been a hardcore MMA fan, they know the path to victory against Edson Barboza is to bully him. Edson Barboza is a striker who's extremely explosive, extremely flashy, big leg kicks, big kicks just in general. But if you can get him on the back foot, he can't 
unload these kicks. And suddenly a guy who looks like an absolute killer, an absolute savage, uh, really looks like a normal fighter. Uh, Shane Burgos, when he is a guy who comes forward, he always brings the volume. I bet him, or sorry, I bet Josh Emmett against him just because I felt that whenever he would move forward, Josh Emmett would be able to meet him with big overhand rights and kind of stifle him. Uh, I'm not as worried about that with Edson Barboza. Um, so yeah, Shane Burgos, take him to the bank. In terms of maybe a bit more of an aggressive prop, because states tell me, what is Shane Burgos to win? Shane Burgos to win is 1.72. So you know what? 1.7 is really that line that you, I like if at minimum that you're going to want to be looking for if you're going to be betting somebody. Uh, Shane Burgos to win by decision. Yeah, that's something I can really see happening. 3.0 there. I, I do see if Shane Burgos is going to win this. I really see a world where Shane Burgos just kind of pushes the pace for three rounds uh, and then just gets a, a unanimous decision victory over it mm-hmm. with Ezin Barbosa on the back foot. Um, yeah, that is going to be the first official play of the podcast, um, Shane Burgos to win by unanimous decision. At 3.0. Yeah, you know what? Let's fucking roll the dice. Let's go after it. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's move on to the co-made event. We've got Benadil Dariush against Tony Ferguson. Um, Yeah, you know what? This is a good fight. This is a close fight too, man. Um, Because you know what? If Tony Ferguson, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here, but if Tony Ferguson had never lost to Charles Oliveira, and prior to that, Justin Gaethje, you, you would still like go into this fight think, thinking that Benadil Dariush has a great shot to win this. And you know what? It, it's a funny because they have a similar story or they have a similar style in the sense that they are both in fights where there's moments where they're losing. Tony Ferguson was on an insane run for the longest time. All right. Like I'm looking at his record right now. He took a loss back in May 5th, 2012. Okay. Okay, Stapes. And then from that day that he took that loss, he did not lose up until May 9th, 2020. All right. He he went on an eight-year run. And we're not talking that he fought maybe once or twice. We're talking he lost when he had a record of 13 and three. The second time he lost, he had a record of 25 and three. All right. So think about that. The guy went on a massive streak for the longest time. And in every single one of these fights, there was a moment where he was losing, where he was rocked. Uh, maybe he was down a round or two, but he finds a way to win. That was Tony Ferguson's claim to fame. He finds a way to win. Ben, so what's happened the last two fights? Yeah, so you know what? You know what's crazy? Ben, it's just Tony just, when he fought Justin Gaethje on May 9th, 2020, um, that was for the interim UFC lightweight championship. That would have been Tony Ferguson's second interim lightweight belt uh, the UFC did him dirty for so long uh, and you know what Justin Gaethje had evolved his style had changed at that point just a much more patient fighter and realistically it was the power that won for Justin Gaethje whenever Tony Ferguson would move forward he would just rock uh, Tony Ferguson Tony had one moment where it looked like he dropped Justin but you know that could have been just a slip um, but yeah a great performance out of Justin Gaethje uh, and you know what so many fans wrote him off after that and what sucks is he Goes out, fights his next opponent, Charles Oliveira, the guy who's fighting in the main event here, who might be crowned the new champ, uh, and takes a loss. And in a fight where he just looked like he had nothing to offer, it looked like uh, he just couldn't get nothing started. Now, he came out post after that fight and said, you know what, there was just so much going on in his personal life that he was trying to start new businesses. Uh, he was going through just a lot of uh, uh, different different. Uh, he was just going through a lot in his personal life and that he b- very rarely trained for that fight. Um, 
which if that's the case, you know, you don't like to hear that heading into a new fight. And it is a little bit concerning. But you know what? There is a sense that Tony has a renewed sense of enthusiasm towards uh, the fight game. He was working with Freddie Roach, the famous boxer who trained, obviously, Manny Pacquiao um, for his striking. So, you know what? I have high hopes for Tony. Um, from what I believe, the odds have Tony as a fairly decent underdog. Um, I definitely can see why. Dariush is a very good fighter. And he is a fighter that, to be honest, like I said, if Tony had never fought those past two fights, I'd go into this podcast saying, yeah, you know, Darius has a very legitimate shot to beat Tony. They're both very scrappy. But this is going to be the thing. I think in this case, you need to bet with where the value lies. And in that case, that's going to be Tony Ferguson. Look, Darius is not somebody who's blowing the, the door, who's not blowing the, the doors off the stadium here. Okay. Um, whenever he gets into a fight, these are close fights. Let's go down the list here. Look, Drake are close. He's losing that fight. He gets, he's hurt badly. And then he comes back with a massive K over Drake or close. Scott Holtzman, uh, back and forth affair. Carlos Diego Ferreira, his most recent fight. Carlos Diego Ferreira actually fought last week in a very good fight against uh, Gregor Gillespie. Uh, shout out to Gregor for coming back after losing the first round. Shout and, out to Gregor. Yeah. We needed that yeah, one. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, yeah, and get a split decision win over Carlos Diego Ferreira. But, you know, that was a very close fight, uh, a fight where Carlos had a lot of moments. And Carlos is this guy who's a phenomenal cardio machine who's always going to come forward. And it was really, um, it was really Darius's wrestling that won him that fight. He was able to kind of control the ground and get the takedowns when he needed and rest. That's going to be hard to do against Tony. He's definitely going to be able to do it against Tony. But like Diego Ferreira, Tony is no slouch on the ground. And I think he's going to actually be more incentivized to stand up versus Diego Ferreira will roll around on the ground and look for submissions. Look, they're both very similar fighters. I think people are writing off Tony Ferguson a little bit too much here as if he's some shot fighter. I might eat my words here, but like, I think the guy's got a lot of fights still left in him. So yeah, I'm going to go roll with me with Tony Ferguson here. 2.4. Can't, can't, can't turn those odds down, T-Man. Exactly. And now this is a fight that I'm not even going to make a, a try to attempt to bet the is this fight go this decision or not? Mostly because, man, I, I just don't know. Uh, to me, this is either it's going to be a, a slow pace fight to a decision or somebody's getting finished in the second or third round. Um, but yeah, I, do, I don't even want to try to bet that. I like Tony Ferguson. Just play with that. Um, because right now, I'm pretty sure um, Benio Darius is at 1.7, right? 1.6, 1.5, 6. So you know what? I think when we discussed it yesterday, maybe he was 1.7. Now, I don't know what it is, the calculation here, but you can convert odds over to what you believe that is an equivalent of percentage they're going to win, right? At 1.6, I'm, I have no idea what the percentage is, but like, there is no way that he should be that big of a favorite, am I? It's just my too favorite. big, yeah. yeah and, I it's, just, it's, there's too much value in Tony, essentially, then. Like I said, Dariush is not this guy who comes in and blows the, the doors off his opponent. This is a guy who gets into scrappy affairs. Look, he's good. I've bet him many times in his past little run and, and come out. It's come out well. But uh, this is a fight. You know what? I don't think it's going to be easy for him. Um, I think it's going to be back and forth. I think Tony has a real shot to win this. So, yeah, give me Tony Ferguson. A little bit Ferguson, of, little bit of dog money. Four odds. I like it, T-Man. We got a 3.0 in uh, the first fight we talked about with Shane Burgos winning by decision. And now we have a little more dog money here on Tony Ferguson, 2.4. Yep. Love it. Where are we going with Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, 
main event. This should be a doozy. Well, you know what? With uh, uh, keeping with the theme of the podcast thus far, let's hope the dogs are barking on Saturday night. Um, We're taking Michael Chandler. Okay, look, there's a massive asterisk here. Um, yeah, Michael Chandler is the underdog right now. Um, Stapes, tell me the odds. Charles Oliver, what is he doing? It's actually, they're pretty good here, T-Man. I'm not going to lie to you. Charles Oliveira, 1.8. And then Michael Chandler, an even 2.0. So I wouldn't be surprised come fight time here. Be, yeah. Come Saturday night, wouldn't be surprised to see this, uh, you know, look like a pick em or or something like that. So you know what? This fight really comes down to, I think, a lot of where the price is going to be in the end. Um, little tangent here. Michael Chandler, when he came in to fight Dan Hooker, I got on the podcast and I said, you know, I think Dan Hooker is the better overall fighter. I think he can keep him at bay. I think he can slow Chandler down, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, but there was a sneaky sub- suspicion. The one thing I could acknowledge about Chandler was he was extremely explosive and had a very good athletic base. And here's the thing with MMA, is that if you are very athletic, if you are explosive, it sometimes doesn't matter who has the better technique or who has the more tools in their toolbox. Um, the better athlete just sometimes wins, right? Like, if you can punch harder and you have more power, you can put somebody's lights out. And Chandler did just that. Uh, a very basic combo where he struck to, I think he did a, a lower kick to bring Dan Hooker's attention down. I think maybe a punch to the body, lowered the guard, and then just came over the top of the right hand. Put his lights out. Just He dropped like a fucking sack of potatoes. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Um, very impressive. You know what? We were watching with a couple of our buddies. Everybody got fired up. No one even knew who the fuck... Chandler Nobody was. Knew Chandler but now we see commercials on and we got some of our potato roommates losing their mind over Michael Chandler. So you know what? Job well done for Michael Chandler. Here's the thing. Charles Oliveira, I think, again, I come back to it. I think he's the overall better fighter. I think he has better jujitsu. I think he has better striking overall. But there is a lot of holes in Charles Oliveira's game. And you know what? I was listening to it on the Jack Slack podcast. Keep plugging this guy. Um, uh, Charles Oliveira keeps his head on a straight line, meaning there's no head movement. He's not bobbing and weaving side to side. Uh, that is a hittable target. Michael Chandler just needs that one big overhand, right? Oh, yeah. To, 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 <laughs> to hit Oliveira. The way he was swinging with Hooker, oh, there's no reason he can't do that again. And, and again, like, again, I, I think long-term MMA fans struggle with this one because, I mean, if, if you've watched Charles Oliveira when he first came to the UFC, I think he was 19 or 20 years old. He comes in, gets a quick submission. I think he fights Jim Miller right off the bat or right following fight uh, and then loses by submission. Uh, the, we've seen Charles Oliveira fall many times in the octagon. Either he just, I'm pretty sure he has a loss to Anthony Pettis, which you think in retrospect, losing to Anthony Pettis, like what the hell? Um, look, I've seen Oliveira fall many times. A lot of people haven't seen Chandler fall, which if you've watched Bellator, this guy can fall. Like the, the, This guy is not Superman. We'll put it that way. Um, so here, here's here's how this is going to play out. If this gets to a pick I will probably lean Oliveira. Okay, but this is at the time of making this podcast, I need to place an official play. So I will take Michael Chandler to win by KO. All right, because I think in the first two rounds, I think Chandler is a live fucking dog. I think Chandler, that's when he's most dangerous. Charles Oliveira, I think he is going to, I think he's going to get hit. I think Chandler has the power to put him out. And I tell you what, I'm not going to make this an official play, but this will be likely a bet that I make in my personal account. I will probably take Michael Chandler to win in the first and second round. Well, sprinkle I'll on that. sprinkle something that because you know what? I don't know the odds, but I'm assuming because you take Chandler, you take the round. Um, I'm assuming the odds will be pretty decent. 
And I just, I got this feeling. I just have this feeling he's going to have a repeat of the Dan Hooker incident. Um, again, Charles Oliveira, I've just, I've seen him fall one too many times. Like Jack Slack says, he keeps a head on a straight line. He's not invincible to getting hit. Um, this is a guy who has a win over Kevin Lee, fights Tony Ferguson right after that, and now is fighting for the title. I'm not saying he does not deserve the title shot whatsoever. Both Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson are excellent opponents, but I believe they have very different styles than what Michael Chandler brings to the table. I would have felt more comfortable if I can recall a recent performance of Charles Oliveira where he fights somebody with a similar style as Chandler. I think Chandler's style of being athletic very athletic to, for that matter, is going to play difficult for Charles Oliveira. Mm -hmm. So I think Chandler, by KO, if you want to get a little dangerous, you sprinkle first and second round. I like those bets. If it's a pick em, I, I do lean Charles, Charles Oliveira, but you, you know what? Like I said, I'm making the bet right now, right here, right now. When I place the bet in my, my betting app, right here, right now, Chandler, by so, KO. So Chandler just to win the fight 2.0. No. Chandler by KO 2.75. Okay. Yeah. And then you get into the round one, round two betting. Mm -hmm. Round one, 5.5, which is going down. Yeah. Money's coming in on it. It was six yesterday. Yeah. Uh, round two also, uh, it was nine yesterday and it's now 8.5. So, um, yeah, we, uh, you know, where where the money's coming in looks like, uh, you know, people are thinking uh, similar to uh, to you there, T-Man. Chandler, uh, if Chandler's going to win, I agree. It's going to be early, and it's going to be by KO, right? Um, I mean, this fight to go to the distance, 1.28 is no. So 3.5 for this fight to go the distance. That's just um, pretty ridiculous there. Yeah, this is definitely a fight I do not see going to the distance. I'm going to be honest with you right here. I'm not going to make that an official play because um, – yeah, it's minus yeah, four hundred. Exactly. I don't even. I wouldn't even recommend that off, off a parlay piece because you know what? If you get burnt, you get burnt like a We've been burnt before, there, T man. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, this will be one of the better cards we've had in a while. Um. Excited to watch it. A lot of these fights, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like they can go either way. Um. AKA the card, the fights on the preliminary card as well as the undercard. Um, I really feel like there were a lot of toss ups and you know what, for the most part, I think the odds reflect that. Um, so yeah, have a careful night of betting. We'll put it that way. Obviously we're going with some heavy dogs on this podcast, but you know what? I, I just have this feeling. Um, and you know what you sometimes you just can't turn down that value. We have a 2.75, we have a 2.4 and we have a 3.0. Let's get some big, big money coming in. Even two out of three T man. Holy fuck. We'll be laughing our way to the bank. Damn straight. We will. Well, follow us on Twitter, heavy hitters 94. Um, if you haven't already go listen to our weekend edition of the podcast, AKA it will have dropped prior to this where we cover soccer. We've got a seven play parlay going on there. Um, getting down to the nitty gritty teams need to win here. So they can't afford to drop points. Yeah. You know what? This is a past few weekends have been, uh, um, it's been intense for our bank account. We're going to put it that way. That is a good way to put it. Um, but yeah, either way, another episode in the books, looking forward to getting after it. Um, Stapes, always a pleasure recording these. Uh, let's have a good profitable fucking weekend. Let's get some beers in us team, man.